Welcome to Two Chicks, Three Seats, the podcast that takes a look at the hospitality industry's hottest topics. Two Chicks, Three Seats is hosted by Kate Kennedy and Rachel Calkins and is brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader in event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Triple Seats Podcast, Two Chicks, Three Seats. We're super excited to continue our summer of interviews with another awesome guest today. Get your marketing hats on because we're going to be talking about creating hospitality industry video content for social media. So today's episode, we're joined by Latasha James, who is the founder and creative director of James & Park, which is a social-first video marketing firm serving clients throughout the globe. Latasha is a marketing strategist, digital content creator, and coach. So we are here with a marketing expert today to talk all things social and video marketing. If you attended event camp this year in Boston just a month ago, then you'll remember Latasha, who is one of our speakers at event camp as well. So thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, Latasha. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited too. So to kick things off um, and get our listeners to understand you and your history a little bit more. Would you mind giving us a little introduction about yourself and your journey to throughout the marketing world and in your marketing career that got you to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So I am a marketing consultant, strategist, and content creator. And I got my start in the social media world about a decade ago now. Um, Got started just kind of freelancing while I was getting my film degree in school and working with just a variety of brands. I work with local restaurants, um, local authors, just pretty much anyone I could get my hands on while I was in school. Um, And from there, once I graduated, I worked in the marketing department of a couple of different um, Fortune 500 corporate companies. I worked at a staffing company and an automotive company here in Detroit. And all the while, I was kind of side hustling, freelancing on the side, working with different startups and brands. And in 2018, I guess it was, I took my side business full-time and moved into the um, full-time agency space, serving a variety of clients. And you mentioned social first video. That's definitely where I found my sweet spot is helping brands navigate the world of social media video. And that's kind of where I am today. Love that. Very experienced background to be speaking on all the topics of today. And I know nothing about video and social media, ask Rachel. So this is going to be fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) I always ask Rachel, I'm like, did I do that right? Is that right? Yeah. You're doing. Um, so with that, knowing that I I myself know basically nothing about that topic, let's start with understanding the big why. So in really the most basic form, why is video so important to a marketing strategy today? Yeah. Well, I'll say video is really the next best thing to face-to-face. You know, if we, and I think people really saw that, especially during 2020, 2021, when we couldn't have face-to-face meetings, conferences, um, even people in our establishments, video is the next best thing. You know, it really makes you feel like you have a very personal connection, like you understand what you're getting before you even step into a restaurant, a hotel, or, you know, wherever. So I think it's just a really strong storytelling method. 
And then the secondary reason is it's because what all the social media platforms want us to do right now, <laughs> you know, I, they really are shifting way more towards video. I mean, this is not new. This has been happening for you know, since over the decade that I've been working on social media, we've seen different features come out, but it really is dominating the the feeds right now. So now is really the time. I mean, the best time was like yesterday, but now is the next best time to get started with video from an algorithmic perspective. Did MySpace have video? <laughs> like, I literally, can't remember. I, I know. When I was I don't an think so. we used my, that's how long ago I was an event manager and we used MySpace yeah. and I'm trying to remember like, if there, there was like sound, but I don't yes. video, remember you could add like, sorry, this is like, this is a tangent, but I was just thinking back to like, did I ever do video when I was an event manager? I don't think we could. I mean, with YouTube, yeah. like not many people posted on YouTube. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we've come a long way. Sorry. <laughs> yes. No, I, I mean, I do having that little music thing was a big deal on, on my space <laughs> for sure. I loved it. <laughs> Hey, before my time on social media, so <laughs> you're like, what's MySpace? I can't necessarily relate, <laughs> but it's all, it's all good. But I mean, so speaking of just platforms and social media and the landscape we're in today, I feel like if a restaurant's just really getting their toes wet in the social media space, sometimes it's intimidating to say, okay, do I need to be everywhere? I feel like some people are able to handle that much, but do you have recommendations for the hospitality industry where restaurants, event spaces, what platform should they be focusing on first? Yes. Well, so my my normal advice is to focus on a long-form platform and a short-form platform. So like a YouTube, a podcast, and then a shorter-form platform, maybe like a TikTok, Instagram, etc. I will say though, specifically for hospitality, I might break that rule a little bit and lean a little more into the short form um, just because a lot of our, um, you know, our clients or our brands, they move at such a fast pace. Like there's so many quick changes happening. You might have a different menu week over week or different events going on. And so it's not to say that long form strategy doesn't work. I absolutely do think there is a huge space for it in in um, hospitality. But I think your day to day social um, updates are probably going to go out on the platforms where people are looking for information. They're looking for events. They're looking for reviews. So that might be Instagram is huge for a lot of you know restaurants, for example. Anything in the bridal industry, uh, Instagram is huge. Also Facebook though, you know, I think a lot of us count out Facebook. We kind of think it's like the old thing, like it's the next thing to MySpace basically. But I mean, that's where I still go if I want to find something to do over the weekend, or if I'm traveling to a new city, I'll look at Facebook reviews of restaurants and hotels that my friends recommend to me. So I think those two are are kind of non-negotiables for this industry. And then I think if you want to get creative and um, start playing around with other forms of video, I think there's definitely a place for YouTube. There's definitely space for TikTok as well. It's funny because I do feel like, and I know this isn't best practice, but a lot of restaurants, their website is their Facebook page sometimes these days when they don't have somebody to manage all of it. Um, so you do see like those videos on only Facebook and Instagram and, and that, and that type of thing. I, it's amazing to me how many restaurants use Facebook as their landing page and like, not just like, I'm not larger chain restaurants, but like really good restaurants. Yeah. (laughs) Not just like, yeah, it's funny. It's funny to me. Um, 
But I guess in the, so in the spirit of getting started, because like I said, a lot of restaurants, they don't really know what they're doing, especially if they're not a huge corporation and they're a smaller, like mom and pop SMB type restaurant group. Um, what is your recommendations for starter equipment that's needed for shooting video? Because I think some people think, you know, can you just do it with an iPhone or a phone in general, or do you need to go crazy and order a bunch of equipment to start making yeah. video? You, we have never lived in a better time for minimal equipment. I mean, if you have an iPhone or like a Google pixel, I mean, your camera is better than most point and shoot cameras, honestly. Um, so you really, especially for the short form content, again, if you're looking to like create a YouTube channel and, and things like that, you might want to invest in some equipment or outsource it to a team who can help you with that. But if you were just looking to create Instagram videos, TikToks, um, Facebook content, your iPhone truly is enough. The secret is maximizing that iPhone. So there's a couple little upgrades, equipment upgrades that you can make. So one, a microphone. If you're going to do any type of speaking to the camera, interviews, anything like that, a microphone really is a must. Um, I always say people will forgive bad quality video. They won't, won't forgive bad quality sound. They will tune out so quickly if, you know, your sound is muffled or there's a ton of background noise. So I, um, I use a microphone. It's called the Shure MV88 plus, and it comes with all the cable, you know, the lightning cables, the USB for the Android phones, whatever you need. And it plugs in, it even has a little tripod attached to it. So you can um, have a little rig set up. It's really affordable. It's like under $200, I think for that microphone. And then another thing is having like a little tripod that you can use because um, people also won't forgive shaky video where it's like wobbling all over the place, especially if you're recording any events or anything like that. And I mean, uh, the hospitality industry you have these like beautiful events. You don't want to have this very amateur looking video recording them. So having just a simple little tripod, the one I use, it's a short one by Manfrotto is the brand. Um, you can buy all this stuff on Amazon or just a little stabilizer that can help you get smoother shots. Um, yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between an iPhone and one of my professional cameras, really. We use those microphones, don't we? Rach? Yeah, those yeah. Yeah. Um, for some of the in-office recording stuff that we do. I mean, yeah, it's so, you really, it's it's so crazy how high quality an iPhone camera is today. And it's like, my phone's a little outdated and it's like only a few years outdated, but it's like, you just see every year. It's like, wow, you think the iPhone camera is amazing this year. And then next year they do outdo themselves again. It's pretty wild. Well, yes. It's great. Speaking of um, <laughs> video on social media to push your brand, have you guys seen the, the drops for the new Apple stuff that just like, it's been all over TikTok in the past 24 hours. And there's some like, uh, first of all, there's a computer, like, like, like an AI type situation computer where you can like put this thing on and just start like playing around with stuff, which I, I want one. But then <laughs> there's also like the phone, the video on the phone is getting even better. It's like incredible. All the new features that they're going to drop with the new, with the new iPhone. And I think the watch has like some new capabilities too. So there's, there's social media working for you again. Not that Apple needs the help, but <laughs> I know it's like, I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't watched the full thing, but I've seen little highlights. All I saw was like the $3,500 VR headset. And I'm like, yes. I'm not, I don't know if I'm <laughs> ready for that yet, but it's, it's definitely coming. I mean, I don't know it's if this cool, is though. It, but yeah, I'm like, you could work like imagine being on a flight, like probably wouldn't even work on a flight though. Right. And like, but putting it on and having like your whole computer just like in front of you, like, right. Working. Yeah, it's wild. Getting the seat in front of you. Like, I was like, I need one of those. My husband's like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
What do you need it for, Kate? <laughs> no, working. Because <laughs> it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's pretty wild, though. I mean, I guess. And it's only going to continue to do that more as more advancements come out. I mean, robots, you know, the whole the whole nine <laughs> yards. <laughs> but so when thinking, OK, we have the equipment, we know the platforms. Now, as we're kind of going into planning out what the video concepts are going to be like, do you see specific video concepts for the for short form specifically for the hospitality industry that have stood out to you? Do you recommend like a little planning strategy um to our co- like restaurant customers for example and uh, yeah, I I know how to think of it but I want to hear your perspective um and like yeah. you know digestible for our listeners too. For sure. I always like to work with my clients and and plan out what I call content pillars. So these are like buckets of content essentially, or categories of content that you're going to focus on throughout your social media strategy. And from there, you can kind of fit different things into those buckets. And in general, I don't recommend more than like two to three, um, because you start to get a little bit all over the place. If like one day you're talking about a buffet and the next day you're talking about a pool and like, it's just kind of all over the place. So I like to really focus on those two to three main like core buckets of content. Um, And those things should be the things that your brand is maybe the most proud of, that is the biggest seller, like if it's a an, um, like a service or a type of um, thing that people could book, it might be that, like your biggest seller, your standout thing, basically the things that people really know you for or the things that you really want to be known for. So maybe you are a sustainable hotel brand and you really want to like let people know that you're passionate about sustainability and that's a big part of your brand's kind of values and, and mission. Um, so it might not necessarily be the thing that's bringing it the, the most feet in the door, but it is a core part of your brand. So map out what those key buckets are going to be. And then from there, you can start to figure out different content types that fit within that. So if it is sustainability, maybe it's um, interviews, like maybe you are doing interviews with leadership and, you know, different um, members of different departments sharing the sustainable parts of their certain department. Or if it's food, if you're just really known for how you know, really good catering or something like that, sharing different menu items. And you can do that really easily just by, hey, every time we get a new menu, can I come in and, you know, film it? So you kind of start start broad and then work work um, through like the individual ideas that fit in those buckets. That's good advice. I feel like it could probably get overwhelming if they like have all these ideas and don't know how to organize and um, yeah, that, yeah, that's very yeah. helpful. And I love, I love the, um, the interview idea and I love seeing the interviews and like kind of the behind the scenes. And I love that sustainability piece. Cause I feel like, I mean, today everyone's obviously proud of the progress they've made and, you know, they have certifications and it's like a really big thing in the hospitality and events industry. And so I feel like speaking on that to your social media audience is super valuable and is definitely something that will help you stand apart by pulling back the curtain on that topic specifically. For sure. Yeah. And I think it's also a good idea just to have some um, kind of go-to content formats that you can kind of have in your back pocket. Some of those ideas, like if you're going to do interviews or if you're going to do anything that's going to rely on other people, like other departments or other team members, sometimes those can be the more challenging things because you got to get on somebody else's schedule. You might have to wait for an event to happen or something like that. So I recommend, you know, as the marketer, social media manager, whoever's in charge of this calendar, 
also coming up with some more evergreen content ideas that you can just have, like have in the in the queue. So maybe that's just um, B-roll shots. So just kind of simple pans or simple videos of you know your facility, or um, just uh, simple montages of maybe a, a day in the life of, or you know, a day in the the business. I suppose just sharing different different little behind the scenes montages with some music behind it. So having a couple ideas like that that you can always go to, so you're never like waiting on other people for content is a good idea too. Yeah, something that at the an event camp, I moderated the panel with event planners, and uh, we talked a lot about. They kept bringing up how. It's re- they really enjoy it when restaurants share venues, share like back of the house and for me, like, you know, yeah. the going through the kitchen, like B-roll of them just walking through the kitchen for like an event prep or, um, you know, seeing the servers getting ready and like, you know, doing the tables or like even just like, like, you know, like uh, rolling silverware, like something as silly as that, but like seeing all the back end prep for an event, um, they were like, is really nice because then they as planners get to see all the work that, you know, is put into events and how it's structured and that everyone's like, you know, not screaming at each other, even though they might be in the background, but (laughs) yeah. And I, I think it reinforces that value too. Like if I'm a customer and I'm going to spend a premium on renting a venue or spend, you know, a lot of money on a meal or whatever it might be like seeing all of the work that goes into it and all of the little details that go into it really make me appreciate it more and say like, okay, I understand why I'm spending this money uh, as well. Yeah, totally. I kind of, I have a follow-up question too, as you're like work. And I feel like some of our customers run into this um, when I speak with them about social media and like the kind of videos that they're creating. Do you, so getting other people on the team involved, do you have any sort of best, I feel like they'll say like, I don't know, like maybe my chef isn't the best on camera or someone gets camera shy. Do you have any recommendations for people getting started with getting their face or someone else, like how they can make someone else feel comfortable getting on camera? Make it as easy for them as possible. So um, I think interviews are a good way to do that because you're literally just saying, hey, chef, I just need to spend some time with you. Like, I just need 15 minutes of your time. I'm going to come up with the questions. I'm going to position the camera. You don't have to pull out your phone. And, you know, uh, clients are very uncomfortable, generally speaking, with like selfie style video. They're like, wait, I don't know. I don't, you know, you take control of that angle. And even if you're working remote, because I work with a lot of my clients remotely, I'll do a Zoom. I'll say, hey, let's just get on Zoom and I'll press record and interview you just like this. Um, And then I can cut that footage myself. So make it as easy as possible. If you are asking them to prepare anything, giving them a shot list well in advance of saying, Hey, I want to get a, you know, one vegetable dish, one entree, one drink, whatever, like just have these things prepared. Um, So just making, yeah, making them feel really prepared and just being personable to having a little bit of chit chat to kind of warm them up. Don't go right into recording somebody um, the first second that you, you see them. That's never fun. <laughs> so don't like pop up behind them with a camera. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really don't do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Don't. <laughs> that would be my tactic, which is not. Fun. <laughs> Especially with that, you gotta be careful. <laughs> right. Uh, Moving on to a different type of content, which is user-generated content, which I think is big um, in hospitality. How should restaurants be utilizing the content they are already being tagged in on social media and how can they turn it into video content for that matter? 
Yeah. I mean, this is a huge opportunity for a lot of brands. I will, the, the first thing I do when I work with a brand is I look at their tagged posts, like on Instagram or look through their inbox on Facebook. And there's usually so much gold within there, you know? Um, and it, it's not always necessarily like the highest quality content either, but it's nothing compares to that authenticity. Just those, if somebody is willing to share, post a photo, post a video, whatever it is at your venue organically with no incentive at all, like that's really powerful. So start just by looking through it and seeing what is there. And if there is anything that is high quality that you'd like to reshare, just reach out and ask if you can reshare it. Um, If you happen to run across something from somebody who might be particularly influential in any, you know, in your local area or in a certain category that you're looking to tap into. I think that's a great starting off point to reach out to maybe um, establish some type of partnership where they actually create original content according to a creative brief that you provide them. But even if you don't have budget for that, or if you're not finding any of that right away, just, um, you know, starting out by creating a carousel of, hey, here's like, what some of our recent guests that found to be interesting to share. Or you can easily create a reel too. Reels are really easy to like um, create little montages. And, you know, if you have a few different video clips, you can easily stitch them together and create kind of like a compilation type thing. Do you recommend any way like trying to get people to share content about your restaurant? Like if you do like table, like QR code tabletops or whatever, like review us or like tag us on Instagram or whatever. Do you think that that's, smart to be like pushing people to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great, again, make it really easy for people. So include a hashtag or some way that you can kind of track those things. And an incentive is always great. So if it's, hey, 10% off, you know, your next meal or your whatever you're going to purchase next time, if you just review us or share a, a quick video or whatever that might be, is really powerful. What about with like, Instagram stories. So I feel like restaurants get tagged a lot on just Instagram story, not as like a feed post. And so they have, of course, the opportunity to be reposting it, but then obviously it goes away after 24 hours. I know obviously with you can make highlights. And so I think that's the best practice. But do you think like, do you ever have any recommendation on like screenshotting stories to then like reuse those and then put those into a montage of sorts? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So definitely having a like a reviews or customer love or whatever highlight is a really easy way to start um, capitalizing on some of that. But yeah, I think that's a great point. I think screenshotting, if there's anything particularly compelling, I think also using that as a conversation starter, if somebody again, who is, you know, really um, influential or somebody that you want to form a relationship, if they're already tagging you in a story, maybe that's just starting a, a message thread or an email with them and seeing if they would be willing to create more static, um, you know, ongoing content for you that can be a great relationship starter for sure and I feel like even just like responding to all the messages as they come in and as you're tagged in things it's just it's like a community growing aspect and they're seeing that you're more than just a brand there's someone behind the brand you're appreciative of their business to your restaurant that sort of thing too Absolutely. It encourages more of it too. I know whenever I t- 
tag a restaurant or tag a venue um, and they actually respond and repost. It's like, it's kind of silly because I don't really know what I'm getting out of it, but it like makes me feel good. I'm like, oh, like that was actually, you know, appreciated. And so it makes me want to do it the next time I'm there. Um, and I, I'm sharing it, resharing it with my audience. So my audience members are seeing the same thing. So it just kind of has that effect. So yeah, like responding and engaging back is super, super important. Oh, trust me, I get like fangirly if the like accounts that I follow, like the influencers that I follow. When I went to um Craig's in Los Angeles and I got the Tink Sunday and Tinks, I don't know if you know, but there's like an ice cream Sunday that this influencer Tinks is like part of and it's on their menu through her. And oh, I had tagged her on Instagram and she com- like messaged my Instagram with like the heart emojis and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, Perfect. that's she amazing. Did. I didn't see that. Yeah, she <laughs> she reacted to it with the heart eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's like amazing big, now big I'm going over your Instagram <laughs> okay so now so now we've shot some of our content um we're gathering it we have UGC that we're working with now moving on to kind of the post-production process to like edit all editing editing all these clips from the clips to the final product of the video so can you kind of walk us through your post-production process and what that looks like um, and maybe even speaking on like editing platforms, recommendations for like subtitles or captioning, music, that sort of thing yeah. within the editing process. Yeah. So generally speaking, I think editing, if, if you're just editing for these short form platforms like Instagram, TikTok, I think the uh, native editors within the apps are pretty good. Like they've went through a few updates and and you can do a lot with them nowadays. And that's probably the easiest thing for people to learn. Um, so. I personally like to shoot my clips outside of the apps. I just find it's a little easier to import your clips versus like stopping and and pressing record again. Um, So I I shoot my clips outside of it and then I just open it up into like Instagram Reels editor. And um, it has a little bit of a learning curve, but once you get the hang of it, you can easily just shorten your clips, add your music, rearrange your clips and same thing for TikTok. If you do want to do anything a little bit fancier, like if you want to have fancy titles, if you want to maybe import like images, static images in or, you know, do anything that's kind of next level. Uh, I really like CapCut. That's an app that you can use for your phone. You can also use it on desktop, which is really nice and it is free to use too, which is pretty cool. Um, You can also edit long form in CapCut too. And learning how to edit in a platform like CapCut is going to teach you how to edit for any of the other longer form platforms too. So it's a great, great thing to learn. And then I personally use, you could easily use CapCut for this as well, but I just have been using this tool for a long time. It's called Descript and it is a... um, it's kind of like a text to video editor. So you upload your video and then it creates a transcript for you. So you can do a bunch of different things with that. One, you can just add captions onto the video itself, which are very, very important. If you have any type of you know, vocals, speech going on in your video, having captions is super important. But you can also repurpose your videos that way. So I use Descript because I start with long form and then I repurpose a lot into short. So what's nice is I'm able to get like newsletter content, um, social caption content from that transcript and cut a bunch of different short form videos out of that long form piece as well. So those are some of my favorites. I know. I haven't used that tool yet, but... I've, I feel I like I heard about it from from you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. What about I, with like 
music and sounds and like yeah. kind of locating i guess when we're speaking on like tiktok and instagram i my recommendation and you tell me what you do but i end up going through the feeds and i'll save sounds that i find and then that's how i end up recreating videos around those sounds but you tell me other any other best practices too I agree. I honestly think that is the best way. I know there are some tools out there. I've played around with some of them and, and they can be good. But honestly, the thing with a lot of the third party tools is they're kind of delayed, you know? So if something's trending on TikTok or Instagram reels, it's going to make its way to like these third party trending aggregators like three days later. And now you're behind the trend. So I really find that just searching your feed and saving things to your, um, you know, your folders, your bookmarks is the best way to do it. I'll also say though, that I think sometimes we over-prioritize the trending audio thing. Like I think at the very big, you know, when TikTok first got really popular, that was kind of how everybody was like plant, you know, building their strategy. But I think it's important to have a strategy that stands without relying solely on trends too. They can be fun. They can be a nice way to get a little boost, but um, don't, don't feel like you have to be like following the trends all the time. I think if you're creating really good, good content, beautiful content, content that is meaningful, uh, you will still be successful without having to like chase every trend. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. <laughs> it is. It's hard yeah. to keep up. It's hard to keep up for consumers too, though, you know, and, and, and audiences. And so that's why I don't think it is the most important thing. Um, because yeah, they, they, they see so much content all the time too, that that's how you stand out is just by creating good stuff, sharing interesting things that they genuinely want. It's not just going to be based on a trend. Yeah. I've, I do have one more one more music question follow up with like business accounts. Obviously, there's a little bit more of a limitation when it comes to the sound you're allowed to use. Some may even say that the business account music kind of sucks um, mm -hmm. on Instagram, on TikTok. I mean, you're just way more limited. So what do you recommend for brands that want to like get involved in the fun? Like if you wanted to use a Taylor Swift song in your content, are you able to do that? Is there a workaround? What do you recommend? There's not really a great legal workaround. I mean, if you get lucky and find a um, renamed audio that kind of just samples it, uh, sometimes you can do that. But those are hard because you can't really search for those because they're often called like funny sound number one, not like Taylor Swift song. So they can be hard. Um, you know, I, I really, again, I think it's just important that you are able to lean on your storytelling visually or in other ways that doesn't rely on um, the most popular music. I think um, it sometimes is a good idea to invest in like a stock um a stock music subscription. I use one called Epidemic Sound, and I'm able to use that music across YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, any of my social platforms. And it is still stock music, so it's still not like Taylor Swift, but it's a lot higher quality. And it sounds like music that I would actually listen to as opposed to some of the stuff that's in the Instagram library that's just very like elevator music -y, you know? So um, so yeah, if you if if music is a big part of your strategy, consider investing in a stock subscription is what I'd recommend. Good advice. Good advice. Cause I feel like people get a little lost with that that area of the, the process. <laughs> but yeah. I know you can tell like some brands I follow brands that I know are just starting on. I mean, and we're still starting on TikTok at Triple C, but when I start to follow brands, I'm like, oh, they 
don't like they're they don't have a grasp on like like the the image looks great but like I, I'd rather know background music than what they chose to <laughs> use for the video. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it can be it can be hard. So let's talk about you gave a lot of great advice. Um, quickly, can we talk about some of the biggest mistakes that you see brands making on social media with their video creation? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think when it comes to short form, a really easy thing to do is add a cover photo at a custom cover photo. Um, they're called different things on reels and TikToks, but like a thumbnail cover photo, um, doing that, taking a moment to just make a descriptive photo, uh, you know, add some description to what it is that you're talking about really helps because if somebody goes to your feed and they see it's five tips for your wedding or, you know, three vegan meal ideas or whatever, they're going to click on that from the feed as opposed to just seeing like a flat image of a a meal or a venue or whatever. So that's a really easy thing to do um, that can bring more eyes to your stuff. And, um, I think another thing, you know, we kind of talked about already, but is just following trends. Like you want to make sure that you are still keeping those content pillars and your core values in mind. So it, it can be fun to get involved in some of those trending content pieces, but if they're not really moving the needle for you, if they're not really communicating what's unique about your venue over somebody else's, it's, it kind of pointless, you know, it's not really going to do much for your brand. And then the last thing I'll say is not investing in long-form content of any kind. Um, I know, like I said, a lot of our businesses move super fast, so it makes sense to spend the majority of your time realistically on short-form content, but I still do think, you know, especially in hospitality, we still go to Google. I do. You know, I go to Google when I'm looking to travel to a new place, when I'm looking to um, find a new restaurant, whatever that is, when I'm looking, especially for some of the bigger events and things like that in my life, I'm going to Google or I'm going to YouTube, which is like the second biggest search engine on the web. So I definitely think there is a huge opportunity for either blog content, YouTube content, podcast content, or something that can kind of... Um, do all of those things. You know, like I said, I repurposed a lot of my YouTube content into blogs, into newsletters and all of that. So I'd say those are the top three. I didn't have this one in here, but now I'm kind of thinking in terms of kind of like the last step. So after the videos are made and posted in terms of just reporting and analytics and seeing success and measuring the success, I mean, I feel like the go-to is looking at just the engagement across the board. Could you just speak on that a little bit, like engagement? And then in terms of in the hospitality industry specifically, like, I don't know if like they're looking at like restaurant, like reservations made or events booked or, you know, just tracking recommendations um, to see how yeah. their videos are succeeding as they're posting. For sure. So first comes down to having a, a solid goal. You know, obviously at the end of the day, all of our goals were in business. So it's like to make more money and get more bookings. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but you have to figure out how does video play into that? Because for some of us, if we're very new, if we're like a brand new restaurant, let's say in town, 
it might not be quite as likely that we're going to get, you know, 100 bookings on day one. We might just be first starting at that like awareness phase and looking to get more followers, looking to generate more buzz about us, you know, so people start following us and paying attention to us. You know, it takes a little bit of time to build that relationship. Um, whereas if you are maybe you have some type of, you know, huge deal or something that is like really conversion focused, then yeah, you're going to be looking at website clicks or however it is that they book. Um, so I think that's that's key is to know what the goal is of you know your social content in general, but then also for those individual videos or individual content pieces. Like what is the purpose? Is this a more of an awareness-focused video, which I would say most like trending content might fall under? Or is this more conversion where we're speaking directly to, hey, we have this like wine tasting event. There's 12 tickets left to book now. Like that's a conversion-focused um, video. And then having a way to track that. So it depends on obviously what what software you're using or what, you know, how that, how exactly people go through and make those bookings, how far you're able to track. But, you know, Google Analytics on if you just have a standard website, being able to look into your analytics and seeing how many people came from which platforms, that's really powerful in and of itself. When I look at mine, I'm always like, oh my gosh, like 95% of my traffic comes from YouTube. It's wild. Um, so that helps me to decide where to invest my time. Obviously, it'd be great if I could post Instagram videos every day, but that's not the thing that, you know, that drives conversions for me personally. So you got to know what it is for your brand and where to really invest your time. Yeah. And we like, as a best practice to our customers too, we have the triple C lead form. So if they're doing something around like promoting for events or I, I, when I'm speaking with this to my customers, to our customers, um, like in the Facebook front, essentially, like if they can, they can put the lead form essentially anywhere that you have a link. And so if you're making custom lead forms for your so different social media platforms, you're able to see, okay, these platforms are generating event business for us. Um, when we're posting it with this type of content, just kind of as another next step for our customers listening specifically, like attaching the triple C lead form to your social media marketing efforts on the videos that you're creating. And also create drop downs on your lead forms because so many people bounce, like you could watch a video on TikTok that makes you want to book an event at a venue, but then you leave and then you Google it and then you come back. And then if there's a drop down there that says like, where did you hear about us? And you can choose TikTok, then at least that way, there's like a second way to track. And that's a big problem with us at Triple C is that like, 98% of our traffic is organic, which we know isn't the case, right? Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's hard to pinpoint exactly like where it's coming from these days with, you know, yep. with all of that. Yeah, fun. that's a great point, especially with mobile. Like these are all mobile devices um, or mobile platforms. So if I find something cool, I usually then pull it up on my computer. So yeah, the tracking would be off, like for just relying on the raw data alone. So I think that's a great point about having that drop down or even just asking, you know, asking yeah. in some way in a survey or verbally or however, like, how did you hear about us? It's very valuable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Post-event surveys. We always tell our customers to do those too. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, okay. So now just like some last general marketing questions that we have, what are your thoughts on the place that photo has in an organic content strategy now that it's clear how powerful video is and do you have any recommendations or best practices on how to use video for certain platforms like i feel like they say carousel posts for instagram etc yeah yeah i think photos are never going to go away and thankfully um the head of instagram he came out um i think it was earlier this year or late last year saying like 
just to confirm, like photos aren't going away. Yes, Instagram is a lot of video right now, but we still support photos and all of that. So, you know, I I think there's a reason that photos have been around for so long. People sometimes I don't want to watch a video if I'm working or if I'm standing in line at the grocery store, I'm not trying to like watch a video. So there's definitely value in that. Um, carousels are great. Um, I think stories as well, using photos in your stories. So people can just kind of tap through and see event highlights or menu highlights or whatever that might be is very powerful. Um, albums on Facebook. Uh, sometimes we forget about those again. I think sometimes Facebook is just like a afterthought for a lot of us. But yeah, creating some curated albums, especially to your point, like a lot of these brands are, you know, Facebook is kind of like their website. So being able to search through different categories on that platform, Pinterest is another thing, um, particularly if you're in um, like events in particular, wedding industry, huge on Pinterest. So that's one that that definitely supports photos and videos. But I think photos are still really big there. We forget about Pinterest. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads to the next question, which is, do you think there are certain social media platforms that are losing their traction? Like is Facebook on the decline or like, I think you've already answered this or is it still worth spending time and effort there? Or maybe Pinterest, like, do they all still have value? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think you kind of got to test them. You know, there's different there's different platforms that are going to resonate with different audiences, different industries for one re- reason or another. I think they're all they all still exist for a reason. Even Twitter, like I often hear about like, oh, Twitter is dying and things like that. But for events, you know, if you're at a conference or if you're, um, you know, at at some type of an event, Twitter is still really huge. So again, it kind of just depends on what your goal is and where your ideal clients tend to hang out. Certainly there's certain um, like, you know, types of people who hang out. Obviously, if you're targeting a much younger audience, go to TikTok. If you're targeting, um, you know, uh, people in the wedding industry, like I said, Pinterest is definitely something I'd focus on. So you can use that kind of initial data to drive your initial strategy and then just test it and see what it does for for your brand. But yeah, I think they also have value for Facebook in particular. I think it's like, it, it's kind of like the yellow pages of yesterday, you know, that's how I look yeah. at it is like, we'll probably all always have a Facebook account. It's kind of just, you know, second nature nowadays. So making sure that you do have an active Facebook and you can easily just repurpose content from your Instagram or wherever your core platform that you're creating, at least just send it over there. So there's something for people to see. Yeah. I personally don't ever post anything directly on Facebook, but I post it on Instagram and it goes to Facebook and I still have Facebook because, well, because of triple seat, but also because like my mom's in her eighties and she doesn't have Instagram. So she has pictures of the grandkids or like they're on Facebook or even like, you know, I'm part of like, like PTO in my town or whatever, like all those organizations have Facebook pages and that generation, I feel like, which is my, I don't know what, what I am. I think I'm, I'm on the cusp of a millennial. Cause I was born in 82. Okay. <laughs> yep. So I feel like that, like the, the moms I hang out with, right. Like the younger ones, like not so much on Facebook, but then when you get to like mid forties to early, like early fifties, like they're only on Facebook and they really are a lot of the, you know, they're not the younger crowd who goes to restaurants, but they spend a lot of money in restaurants. So I do feel like absolutely definitely still worthwhile for hospitality at least. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a great point. Like, you know, think about not just what is going to be like the flashiest necessarily, but like, yeah, you know, uh, think about 
the folks who are going to spend money at your organization. Think about the people who are going to book out a corporate party at your venue. Think about, you know, the the moms of brides who are going to maybe be funding some of this wedding. Like you got to think about those, those folks too. Yeah. There's going to be someone everywhere that could yeah. be your target audience or your target consumer, no matter. What I'm, I'm still the one who's like sending TikTok videos to my friends, like every second. <laughs> and they're like, I'm not on TikTok. I'm like, you can still watch it. <laughs> So watch the video. Eventually right. they'll cave and not want to have to watch the web browser on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so then back to the video a little bit. Um, what do you predict will happen with video for the rest of 2023 and beyond? Do you anticipate it continuing in popularity essentially just forever? <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think so. I'm actually seeing this um, kind of like the pendulum shifting a little bit of we went so far into everything as like short form, short form, short form. I'm actually seeing a lot more um, brands and and even some of the platforms wanting to invest in longer form. Uh, TikTok, you know, is testing out longer, longer TikToks, like all of the short form platforms are really trying to because they're trying to monetize now. And they're like, wait, it's really hard to monetize a 15 second video. How do we do this? Um, and I also just think audiences are I, I think a lot of people are getting a little fed up with the like, constant demand on our attention span of just like this, it, it kind of really is not great for my nervous system personally. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. So I'm actually in, in a lot of these like TikTok stars and TikTok, you know, brands that are getting big on TikTok, they're also wanting to um, create new revenue streams for themselves and start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, things like that. So I do see that that is going to be more of a, a thing to think about, you know, is it just having some long form element along with your short form content too. Can you, can you differentiate between like, what is the time that differentiates like just for people who may not know listening, like short form versus Yeah. Long. Yeah. I don't know that there's an exact number. I guess I'd probably say like 10 minutes or whatever the maximum on TikTok is, um, you know, and above. So, you know, a 10 minute YouTube video, I would say, or even longer though, like YouTube um, is investing in the podcasting space in particular. So they've started creating like separate tabs for podcasts versus shorts versus um, live videos, which I think is really telling. So having a 40 minute show, I think is there's a lot of space, a lot of room for that in, in this industry in particular. I feel like there's just like so much you can do with like the behind the scenes or like deep diving into like how your restaurant got to where it is or your menu or making everything essentially like the history behind your beer. There's yeah. like so much that I feel like anyone who's passionate about the hospitality industry or as a consumer in the industry would find interesting in the long form. So absolutely. We'll have to have another full long form focused follow up <laughs> episode. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the the last question for us was: Do you have any favorite brand social media accounts that you love to follow? Yeah. So now is the time where I just like list off all my favorite restaurants, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> <No>, uh, <laughs> I I find all my favorite restaurants from social media really. Um, locally here in Metro Detroit, there's a restaurant called Baobab Fair. It's an East African restaurant. Um, and I just think they do a really great job. Their photography is like super vibrant, super colorful, super beautiful. And they mix it up with video content. Um, the owner, it's owned by a married couple. 
and they are pretty active. Like they, they're not afraid to show their faces on their social media. Um, the, the owner, he was actually on chopped, I think recently too, which was really cool. So he's a very like front facing charismatic guy. And I think that's, um, just makes it feel like a very welcoming restaurant to walk into. And then another brand that I think does a really good job is, um, Crossroads Kitchen in LA. They're really well-known vegan restaurant in Los Angeles. And, um, again, I just think like the photography they use is so beautiful. Um, they do some video content, but they really lean a lot into the photos actually. So I think to, to the question earlier, like I think it still is really possible. Um, especially when you have like really aesthetically pleasing dishes like they do. Photos are alive and well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the thing? A a picture's worth a thousand words. Right. That's right. As long as they're good pictures, that's something we've been fighting with our customers on for a long time. It's like, please invest, especially now that you're literally carrying, like you said, an expensive camera in your pocket all day long. Yes. Make sure your photos are, are good enough to be posted. Yes. Putting out into the world. <laughs> for sure. We'll, we'll link those Instagram accounts in the description too, so that people can look at them for inspiration um, after listening to this episode. But Yeah, that was all of our questions. So this was awesome and super informative. And I hope all of our listeners now will take Latasha's best practices on video creation and bring that into their marketing plans. Um, So thank you for joining us today, Latasha. And if you want to check out Latasha, and she has an awesome website talking about all her services. And if anyone's out there who's interested, needing some additional marketing help, um, we'll link her website, latashajames.com and her Instagram, the Latasha James in our description as well. So we appreciate you, you being here. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.